0: Hello and welcome to episode 3 of When the Flames Go Up, the ATFC podcast with me, Will Brown. Uh, The good times keep rolling. Since we've started this podcast, we're we're unbeaten. We can't stop getting brilliant results. We've had Halifax at home. We've had Stockport at home. And now we've had Stockport away. The 1-0 victory to send us into the third round of the FA Cup. We'll go into more detail in the show we've got a panel of four people um including myself but I just wanted to uh do a little intro to say what an unbelievable away support and, and following we had on on wednesday night people coming from all over the place people making all manner of journeys to get get to and from stockport on a freezing cold night when we're playing live on tv um yeah my own journey was a bit of a nightmare to be honest um I got up there okay. Got up to Manchester. That was all that was all all fine. The only thing was the train from uh, London to Liverpool Lime Street. Um on my coach was the Greg's work Christmas do. And it was basically just twenty lads that were basically treating it like an away day. So I was frantically looking on flash scores, thinking, Oh, they must be going must be like Millwall going up for a championship game tonight. No, couldn't see anything. Um and it wasn't until the train conductor had a word with them that uh yeah, turns out big night out for Greg's. Um so yeah, that was a disruptive journey, but um, you know, I managed to get maybe like twenty minutes sleep. Um yeah, so basically what's happened is I've had to get a night bus home. That's the long and short of it. I'm living in London at the moment. So I've gone from Manchester Piccadilly twenty to midnight after the um the amazing result so that was all fine freezing cold um and this bus just stops everywhere basically it goes manchester to manchester airport pointless just there's got to be a special of why why does national express have to stop there no need um and at, at all of these stops you get people coming on and like looking at your seat and stuff and you're like oh christ i just want to go to sleep so i just put my headphones on and, and, and went away but um yeah a night bus home um i managed to get plum seats right by the toilet um so stretch out my legs love it um yeah the only the only kind of problem was that at three o'clock didn't warn us about this by the way this driver had been nice just just kind of putting on the lights when we got to a stop unless what stop it was and then moving on we go again easy easy that's bus driving for you just, you know, it's four four two. We're going to our destination of London Victoria. So we fought. We get to Digbuff coach station in Birmingham. And then he starts this long spiel about how he's got to kick everyone off for twenty minutes because he can't leave us in the in the in the bus. So we we're looking around, everyone every, most people obviously it's three o'clock in the morning, are asleep. And once you wake these people, the nature of it was just so funny to watch; these feral beasts woken from their slumber and being told they've got to go into Digbeth Coach Station for twenty minutes. Um, it was it was quite amusing, but at this point, at this point, I was absolutely knackered. And um, yeah, and there was no guarantee I was going to get the same seat when I come back on again. That's what more what I was worried about. What if you lose your, your spot? Ridiculous. Um, but luckily I got back on and, and then just had to, I just had company for the next three hours with some bloke next to me with a big coat. Um so yeah, it meant we got into we got into London Victoria at uh, quarter quarter seven in the morning and then straight to work, half eight. There it was. Easy as you like. Worth every second of it. Worth every second. Um I only watched the highlights or that the goal back about ten times on that on that bus as well. So um Worth being tired. I'm still tired now. It's Friday, Friday afternoon, still recovering. I've got a panel of four chatting about the uh, Stockport game, what they saw on TV, individual performances, those kind of things. Um, We we mentioned the FA Trophy victory against Eastleigh last week and look ahead to the league and kind of the festive period as well. So enjoy the show and I'll, I'll chat to you after. Right. Let's get into it. So, Oldershot defeated Stockport County at Eshley Park on Wednesday night, one nil to go through to the third round of the FA Cup for the first time since 2013. Um, West Bromwich Albion away on Sunday, 7th of January is the uh, third round tie that Oldershot earned. It came from an Ollie Scott 88th minute winner um, down the end where the shot fans were 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 uh, housed. Um, yeah, it was a lovely little uh, knock on. So we had Monoga's throw. Hobie Rose, little flick round the corner. Kwame Thomas dives and jumps in front of someone else. Scott gets a touch on it. And then Jack Barham, out of nowhere, hooks his foot to give it back to Scott. And then Scott slots home and, yeah, sent 274 shots fans into delirium. And I assume at least 10 million around the world also also leapt left off their sofas. Um, so, yeah, let's get into the the panel we've got. Um Julian, Ian, and a new guest this week, um, Callum Watson. So I'm going to throw it to you, Callum, for some uh, for an intro into shot supporting. And uh, what did you think of the the goal and the game?
1: Well, coming to me uh, to introduce myself after what you just said about Stockport seems quite a downer. <laughs> well, well, I think you know where I started with all the shot. It's the man himself, Will Brown. <laughs> Goes back to um, playground at school. I sold you a chewing gum. You chewed it, we chatted about football, and you were like, do you want to come to Basingstoke pre-season? <laughs> and the addiction's been there ever since. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, we've been to lots and lots of games through the years, um, the heartache, and then finally to some hope. <laughs> so uh, that's me, that's a short story i it started, because really, that's, we want to get into that 88th minute celebration, if we're being honest, don't we?
0: Yeah, and go for it. Get stuck in. What did you think?
1: Well, I had a bit of a nightmare uh, day. Had to work up to 9pm, which is an absolute shocker. Literally, chose to work the Wednesday because I thought the game was going to be on the Tuesday. Of course, TV ruined it, which every non-league fan hates TV, but we like the money. And rush, 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 got home, 9 o'clock, start the second half. I heard it was a boring game. So I was like, this is good. This is great. We want a boring game. Stop putting on up for it. We know we can counter. It's got all the ingredients. And <laughs> getting home, I was more nervous watching it, to be honest, and listening to the BBC in my pocket. <laughs> and, uh, well, fast forward to the eighth minute. Why not? It was coming. I felt it was coming. You know, a long throw. I was thinking, when do we score from a long throw? <laughs> when do we score? Never. The ball went in there. I mean, I don't know what happened. I don't think anyone really knew what happened. But then I just saw this, I think, the net rattle at the back. And, well, I just jumped up, ran round my house. I think I was screaming. Um, I live in a mid-terrace and the neighbours were banging on the wall. So I think, you know, successful mission. <laughs> uh, so that was that was my, you know, moment because I knew how big that was for the club. You know, it was a hundred K game, you know, it's like a quarter of our revenue. Um, and let's be honest, it's the mecca of football, isn't it? The third round for a non-league fan. So I absolutely was buzzing.
0: Absolutely. Sounds great, to be fair. I I, I didn't had no idea who scored. Um I didn't even I knew Ollie Scott was on the pitch, but they kinda of, kind of all it all blurred into one in that in that melee in the box. Um I did just watch back Mark Mosley's goal against Portsmouth as well. And it is very similar. And I, it was a uh, Glenn Wilson that did a back heel for that for that goal. um so I think we've we've definitely upgraded now that we've got kind of Jack Barhams and Kwame Thomases in the box rather than Glenn Wilson trying to be the one to steer it in the path of someone um Julian, what did you think of the the goal, that moment and and the game in general
2: it It was one of those moments that will live with me for for such a long time. It's just yeah those those moments don't come around very often, and I was just looking back through the. The history to just see how many times we've actually hit the third round. Uh, and I, I've supported them for a hell of a long time. And, you know, you can, even in the league days, you can count it on one hand how many times we've got to the third round. Um, what I really loved about the goal, and, and I've been looking at some of the comments from the Stockport fans, it was really interesting to see what their viewpoint is of it. And they were talking about the, the team just had no fight, no desire. And that goal for me there was probably five moments within that short period of time where we won the ball every single time. Uh, and that, for me, just tells you everything you need to know about this team. You know, Ollie Scott afterwards was talking about he tried to head it and he tried to kick it, and it, it was just a bit of carnage. But it was down to, Jack, like you say, Jack Barron, Where did he come from? Uh, Kwame Thomas got a touch. Kobe Rowe got the first touch. You know, every single battle out there was won by our guys. and. For me, you know, Stockport looked low on confidence. Um they really didn't have much in input in the second half. And like Callum said, I felt it was coming. And and when it did happen, I was like, what has just happened there? I cannot believe it. Um similar to you, Callum. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm an old man now, but I tell you what, I was jumping around my living room like something crazy. And um, you know, we we've got to hold on to these moments because they, they won't come along too often but hopefully with this team you know we'll we'll get some more
0: yeah absolutely yeah it was special and definitely that that confidence or the desire to get a foot on the ball was uh, so so visible in that just that move and even get winning the throw in as well um, down that side was was all out of desire and trying to push forward and trying to you know win those tiny little duels and yeah, Ian, what did you think of the goal and the and the moment yourself?
3: Yeah, no physical activity from me, but plenty of volume and uh, enough to be told off from the wife in case I woke up my young children. So, yeah, thrilled at the goal, and I was sort of trying to think back to maybe twenty years ago, like the playoff final, and the sort of chances we were having on those days. Um, if it was like the first Ollie's got header reminded me of the Lee Charles one that went down into the ground and over the bar at Stoke. It reminded me of that but luckily this time we got the rebound and Scott was able to hit it home and uh, I think it was the perfect away performance in terms of we didn't we played well but we didn't have the chances that we had in the first game because Stockport I think were more adjusted to what we were about um, but it was the perfect smash and grab, I thought, as in the Wake Cup tie win.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, I think also we we grew into the game as well. I think that second half we we started to get a few more chances. Um, we might come on to come on to him in a, in a little bit. But Josh Stokes with probably the bigger the biggest chance that we had in that second half as well, which was a brilliant save by the keeper. I think he he thinks he's done him with the eyes. He thinks he's putting it in the wrong court. The you know, the opposite corner. And then the keeper just jumped out of nowhere and stuck a leg out. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll get on to individual performances because um, Laurent Toledge won the BBC Man of the Match, which I think was, to be fair, well-deserved. Well he was, I mean, superior up top. I mean, his hold-up plays, um, the way of turning the defenders constantly and trying to get on that left foot. I mean, it's it's inevitable, but no one can seem to stop him. But, yeah, I guess the other big performance I thought was, was Kian Harris at the back. I mean, he's going he, to take all the plaudits for the uh, the last-ditch tackle that he made in, uh, in injury time, which was superb. A proper proper last-minute, 1990s kind of last-minute tackle. Um, so, yeah, I thought he was brilliant and so, so composed on the ball. It makes such a difference to have people at the back that are just happy to have the ball and just happy to... Even he was kind of doing what he was doing a bit earlier in the season, which is break through that first line of the midfield and feel confident to, to kind of push through that, especially in the second half where we were, we were knocking on the door. So I think, yeah, Kean Harris for me was that standout performance. And yeah, so I'll throw it to you, Callum. Do you have a standout performance from the, the, the bit that you watched?
1: I mean, following off from Kean Harris, you know when it's a top-notch tackle because, you know, usually, you know, 99 games at 100 on the terrace and we celebrate it like we scored a goal. You know, it's that big. And I was the same, I was up punching the air, like, come on, because it's heart and mouth moment. You think he him here. It's a heartbreaking story again. <laughs> and you just he just did it perfectly and I just don't know, you just you just feel you feel like you're winning it, you know. It's those little wins in it, you think we're going forward. So I thought, yeah, that that tackle was um superb. Thought Minoga playing on the right, you know, it's like he doesn't play there. Yeah, he's putting shift after shift after shift in. You know, who knew he's a, a a long thrower as well <laughs> at the beginning of the season? Um, yeah, I mean, Tolaj I mean, all of them really, you know, to, to win these matches, you've all got to be at least a 7 out of 10. And, you know, they're pretty much there and above it consistently at the moment. So for me, that's that's why we're winning these games. I mean, <laughs> may it continue.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've, I did... Did note down Haji Minoga's performance at right back because he he I think he dealt with their kind of probably most dangerous player on the night um, really well and going forward he was even better than he was in the the home game I thought especially in that second half alongside near the old shot fans he was really getting up getting up and at them um, and who did you uh, think was your kind of stand up performer Julian if not any of the others you can feel free to to lump on at the others.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, again, as Callum pointed out there, yeah, everyone put in a great shift. And I guess I, I like to look at things like, you know, quality passes through the thirds, um, any misplaced passes. And again, you know, I can't think of anyone that that was was constantly misplacing passes. It, it was a really good performance. I did want to have a little shout out to um, to Ollie Harfield. Um, yeah, you know, he's not been mentioned uh, by anyone here or, or a little by the media as well. But for me, uh, you know just to see him as, as a central defender bombing down the left wing, um really eager to get the ball in the box, um you know, it's just it's just amazing to see. and and he, of course, did that block in the first half where where we thought it was going gonna be a goal. So yeah you know, Ollie Harfield constantly running. Uh, constantly chasing and just keep going down that that left wing. Yeah, you know, they they work so well together. You know, some of those um those pundits that were talking about when there was a, a ball in the box. You know, we had six players back in the box fighting for it. And then when we were moving forward, again, there were sort of four or five or six players in their box. It's just, you know, they just really work well for each other. And you know, you've got to give credit to the whole the whole team, and particularly the back three, I think, because yeah, how many teams are going to go to Stockport this year and and stop them from scoring? Uh, very few, indeed. Um, and I just want to shout out as well the fact that you know that they they have now gone six games without a win, Stockport. And you know, I was thinking, I think on the last podcast I mentioned that you know, we've got a chance here because they were starting to go on a, on a bad run, and uh, and I think it proved to be we were full of confidence and and they looked short of confidence.
0: Yeah, I did have that thought as soon as, as soon as the weekend came around and they, they didn't win again. I I did think of your, your words when we were talking about the kind of scheduling. Um so yeah, good to see that come to come to fruition. They I mean, yeah, Dave Challenger was not happy with that performance. Um but you know, less of that. He didn't he didn't he didn't uh, give us much credit. Yeah, I th- I think Harfield definitely up against um Kyle Wooten as well. I thought that was that looked like a key battle early in the first half. Where he's getting the ball consistently, with his back to goal, and I thought if he, you know, if he gets a couple of chances to turn at half field, then maybe we'll have some problems. But he he never turned. I mean, he had that one chance in the first half, but he was constantly back to goal, um, which I think is credit to half field. Um, Ian, uh, who did you um, think was your your kind of man of the match or a stand up performer?
3: I would have gone along with the decision that the BBC gave for Talaj, his work rate was absolutely outstanding. And another underselling here of the night, same as the first game, would be Tommy Willard, that he did did his job really, really well. Important work rate, marking people. And also, we mentioned the defence, but I think we should also give a shout-out to yori because he had a very, very solid game as well. And I think he's starting to... Enjoy the confidence of playing with those three as well. That that's starting to be a really really good unit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely does feel like a, a good solid solid back back five now. Um, and whoever comes in seems to just slot in as well, which makes makes a big difference. Um, I guess the the kind of defining moment for me seemed to be that that uh, sub selection from 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 Tommy Widrington about seventieth minute, which was to take. Crossed off and bring on Kwame Thomas, um, which then pushed Tavilaj into centre attacking mid, and then Stokes and Willard as our central midfielders, which felt like like a, the most attacking thing you could have done. Um, it doesn't work out quite like that because the formation is is set up that we can have those attacking players move forward. Um, but I, I did still think it was brave. I think Thomas coming on was was a great decision by the end of it. Um, yeah, what did we think of that that sub and and the kind of difference that it made. Um, we'll go to you, Ian?
3: Yeah, I think it just was a such a positive move that it showed that we wanted to win the game. and I think even if we'd come out the wrong side, I don't think that would be a substitution. You'd look to be critical of Tommy for that decision that yeah, Thomas, with his extra physical presence as well, I think is was completely the right thing. Tommy must have been sensing there's an opportunity for one goal's going to win this and one goal be enough, and he went the brave option, which seems to be a feature of his management
2: so far, especially in recent weeks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, what do you think of it, uh, Julian? That's uh...
2: um, I was I was quite nervous when I saw the the substitution. If I'm being totally honest, uh, because I was really concerned about you know them breaking through the middle middle of the park, and I would have probably put O'Keefe on a little bit earlier um, just to sort of shore up the, the midfield. But, you know, I think we've said it quite a few times. We've got to trust in Tommy. He knows what he's doing. And it proved to be a a, a great move. And um, I think I'm getting to the stage now where whatever I see, I'm thinking it's got to be the right thing. And, and you've just got to let him get on with it. And yeah, who are we? Who are we as supporters to uh, to make the right call? So uh, no, I was really, really pleased with with the outcome and even when we went one nil up normally i'm going back to to the good old days my my dad used to talk about give a goal away time and um i was thinking do you know i I cannot see us conceding and i felt really confident and that's grown in the last few weeks and months and and long may that continue
0: yeah i must admit i I was i was nervous i was biting through my nails that last six minutes i don't know why to be honest we didn't really i mean other than the last challenge and a couple of counterattacks forward i did feel i felt pretty confident in between times it's just there was something about i don't know something about edgley park it just seemed like some something silly was going to happen so yeah i guess let's move on to the um the tie that we've got coming up in in january uh, um west brom away on a sunday um it's been chosen for international coverage um so we get a trip to the hawthorns um in early jan um I did note down that, that Woking, obviously the, one of the most famous cup upsets of all time was Woking beating West Brom at the Hawthorns in the third round, 4-2. Um, so, you know, there's, there's something. We can do in 5-2, I think, just to really rub it in. Um, Callum, what do you think of that uh, West Brom away tie? Are you looking forward to it?
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got to look forward to it. Um, as you say, Woking won, but I think anything they can do, we can do better, can't we? So, you know, Tommy's been going all season. We score one more, I think 5-2. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> um, but the Hawthorns, I mean, the history's there. Uh, they've won the Cup five times. They've been in 10 finals. I mean, yeah, it might have been a long time ago, but the history's there. They clearly um, got more trophies in the cabinet. Um, it's great that um, that we're going to, you know, a big, big club, sort of, uh on my shoulder behind there, that West Ham away is sort of tickling, thinking we can do it, we've done it, we can do it again. Um, so I'm buzzing to go to the Hawthorns. Um, I know you are as well, Will. Uh, but I'll, you know, I'm sure the listeners will like to hear that from you.
0: Yeah. I mean I'm buzzing. Yeah. Um I mean I've not talk- spoken to my dad about this, about if he's gonna change his flight from Thailand. But um I mean, a weekend or away in Birmingham is is already been talked about. Cousins are being alerted. It's it's going to be a, a real family affair. Um, and how do you feel about it, Julian? Getting through and finally, um, yeah, looking forward to that West Brom tie.
2: Yeah, really looking forward to it. Uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna take a lot of fans there as well. You know, there's there's talk of, sort of like a three thousand allocation, potentially up to five thousand. Uh, I'd be surprised if we do take three thousand. I'm I'm, but then who who knows? You know, the, the excitement. Is building and just looking on on the Facebook pages, there's there's people all over the world commenting about this game, which is so exciting to see. And yeah, yeah, why why can't we take three thousand? Why can't we take more than that? I I really don't see why we can't. And I'm hoping that West Brom take us lightly. They're flying high in the Championship. They'll be thinking, oh, it's just a non-league club, so. I have no idea if you're going to ask me for a prediction i have no idea yeah we we could get hammered 5-0 um we could get a replay we could even win it i, I really don't know what's going to happen if i'm being honest but uh, i tell you what i'm going to enjoy the day that's for sure
0: yeah i think it's also the perfect kind of location for a for a big away day for um for an old shot support i mean it's right in, right in that middle easy to get to from london and and from like reading and stuff um it means the Nor- northern fans aren't aren't completely um, excluded. And we might get, you know, the Tanzanian fan club over to watch Haji Minoga. So that could that could be interesting. Um, and what do you think about it, Ian? I'm really
3: excited. The more I think about this, the more I want to get to the Hawthorns. Um, the old club never played there. So that's an exciting one that even uh, everyone, it's a new ground for unless they've been there as a neutral, of course. And it's the right sort of Stature—they're going well in the championship. Will they be more interested in trying to get into the Premier League? And does that give us an opportunity? They're thinking more about league things. Will they rest players? Things like that. And I'd be, I big—I think I've been slightly surprised if we took near the three thousand, but I suppose if we took twelve hundred to Swindon and the excitement that's followed, then maybe that's not so silly. But I'd probably think it around two thousand fans yeah
0: i mean that's that's that sounds good and that that away and does look look perfect i mean a 2000 and a 3000 stand would be nice as well it means everyone could kind of i mean you know for legal reasons i can't say everyone's going to move to the top and whatever but, but you know i'm sure they will they did it at swindon so um yeah so that's that's the uh, fa cup section done i'm going to move on a little bit of a, a sl- i mean not a downgrade but it is the fa trophy um Ultra won one on penalties against Eastleigh in the FA trophy uh coming from 2-0 down in the second half to draw level have about five or six chances to win most falling to Tolage um and then winning on penalties um yeah I was listening in from Katowice in Poland um I was trying to have a nap and then it went to penalties and I woke up in a sweat so especially when Kobe Rose uh stepped up because I, I did feel like it had blazed or blazed over the bar, written all over it, and I don't know why. It, it just seems to seems to happen like that. How do we feel about getting through to the next round? And and Bishop Stortford away awaits in January as well. And uh, Let's go to you, Callum.
1: I mean, obviously, it's great to win another another trophy, another round. We haven't won the trophy yet, but you know what I mean. Um, I'm slightly getting worried in terms of squad depth now. We've got a lot of games. We've had a lot of games. Um, I can't see you know, us having a week break anytime soon. Um, we've already got, obviously, quite a few injured that we've worked around and somehow seriously doing good with that. So when it came to the penalties, I thought, this goes either way. I think I'm quite content which I've never been before even though as much as we want to get to Wembley and FA trophy probably is the easiest route yeah you know, I was pleased with the, again the money the club getting through and that potential to Wembley but uh, I always you know you want to you want to get to Wembley through the playoffs I think we all do and have that chance for football league again and um, so quietly going about the FA trophy I'm sort of just See if what what we can do, and you know, try keep the injuries down now because I think we might have to dig into some of our prize money in January uh, because it's looking uh, we're looking quite thin, I think now, and we need to try keep this momentum going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, we've obviously welcomed back O'Keefe for a few minutes at the in the Stockport game, and and Ollie Scott coming back into it. It's looking okay. I mean, just being able to to have nine subs on a bench is is surprising as an old shot town fan. So. Um, I think yeah, may, maybe one or two, and we don't. We obviously we don't know what we're gonna who we're gonna lose in in January either, um, as it stands. Um, Julian, what do you think of the uh, FA Trophy game? And uh, yeah, thoughts on Bishop Stortford in the next round?
2: Yeah, I I was um, pleasantly surprised at, at my attitude to it, to be honest, particularly when Kobe Row blazed over the bar, because I initially thought of um, that horrendous night in Carlisle where. We had two, two chances to win the playoff uh, semi-final leg, and uh, and we blew it through penalties. Um, so, but when K. B. missed, I, I felt strangely confident that we'd still be okay, and and it just it just set itself up nicely for Geordie to to pull off that save, I think. And and um, yeah, he's obviously a big guy, imposing in the goal, and and it was just I think it was just meant to be. Um, with regard to the Bishop Stortford game, um, I hope we don't approach it the same as Stockport approached us, because a lot of people are probably thinking that's a given. We'll go straight through, but I'm sure Tommy won't be thinking that way at all, and he'll put us in the right frame of mind and, and get the right team out to do the job. But I think any any team to be played now, you, you can't look at it and say it's an easy game. We've just got to treat it the same as the others and, and make sure we give 110 percent and do the job.
0: Nice. Yeah, and what do you think, Ian? Yeah, get decent score.
3: Decent draw. Uh, remember, we won there 20 years ago on the run to the semis, uh, which ended with defeat to Hensford. So maybe there's a good omen there. Um, and also that particular weekend where Alan's obviously got concerns about the squad. The Bishop's thought weekend is not a, a weekend where we're going to have to postpone a league game. But obviously once we start going beyond that, that will start to happen. We've already got filed and wheelstone to be rearranged. Um, but I'm less concerned about the squad depth because of O'Keefe, Scott coming back. Uh, so I think we'll be okay there. The only question is that 11 that started midweek, I think that's the best 11 for the shots. And um, how tempting is it to be playing that 11 every single game? That that could be the difficulty. But at the same time, I think Thomas, Scott, O'Keefe are adequate replacements from what I've seen in recent weeks. Um, so that's not a concern. And yeah, I, I just think this is a good opportunity to progress. Was it at least eight National League clubs were eliminated? the weekend just gone so you've already reduced the field so I think we should look to progress and earn as much money from this as we can even if it doesn't end up with the the Wembley visit that we all want
0: yeah absolutely yeah we've still got the the kind of the the high the high flyers and um, Chesterfield I think got Welling away and Bromley can't remember off the top of my head who they've got um so they're the kind of ones that I always look out and try to avoid in the draws so anyone but them is is great um and you want them to draw each other ideally. um so yeah i'm I'm pretty excited for Bishop Salford. I think that'll be a nice nice away game to go to new ground for me and um yeah, a, a team high on confidence that we'll take there i'm I'm assuming I mean it comes a, a game after uh, no a week after West Brom, so or oh, six days or so. um so we kick off. Um, oh, Calm's just showing me They're at home to Chippenham, Bromley So, you know I mean, they're always good in the FA Trophy They'll be quarterfinals at least No no matter what um, Yeah, I just want to kind of mention The, the kind of schedule we've got I, I'm, I don't want to get ahead of myself too much But I've already noted down some games in February um, So, we, yeah, we kick off 2024 with Woking away Then West Brom away Wildstone away Bishop Stortford away and then Kidderminster away as it stands, I think. I'm not sure if that Mid-Wildstone game will be moved, I assume, two days later, isn't it?
3: Yeah, there's talk of the Wednesday, but I wonder if it will be moved even further from that, potentially. But it doesn't look like we're going to be playing Saturday, Tuesday a lot through the, through the season at the minute.
0: Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to go to Wildstone when it's not freezing cold as well. remember the last time I was there, it was... Like a sixty mile an hour gusts of wind blowing into that awful stand, um, yeah. Uh, so I guess we can we can kind of park the FA Trophy until the new year as well, and and the FA Cup, and then f- focus on the the league for the the remaining couple of minutes that we've got, on, yeah, um, on the pod. So we've got Eastleigh at home um, in the league, back to the league after three weeks, um, and I've I've kind of put a note here saying the squad's looking strong now, so. Might come to you first, Gallum. Um, yeah, how do you uh, how do you feel about getting back to league action? We've got Eastleigh and then Chesterfield and then and then Woking coming up.
1: Yeah, I mean it almost feels weird going back to league action after these few um, all our Christmases coming at once, as they say. Yeah, I, I don't think Eastleigh are gonna be like seriously wanting to fight back against us after losing on penalties. I think it's just I think Two teams will go total, so I think it's going to be fairly close, to be honest. Um, Paul McCallum always had the say. Probably going to have a say again. But, yeah, obviously getting back to the league, I think we just want to keep these points ticking over uh, and coming up to Woking. I mean, wow, wouldn't we love to stuff them? <laughs> Especially this time. I, I really think they're going down this year. And to contribute to that with six points would be delightful. Lovely
0: stuff. I mean, I, I, it's one of those ones where you think they're too, they're almost too big to go down. I mean, it'd be some fall from grace to come third and then 23rd or something. That that would be wild. Um, how are we feeling, uh, Julian, about getting back to league action this week?
2: Yeah, really looking forward to it. And uh, some of the games that are coming up, uh, not only this week, but before Christmas as well, some of the top teams are playing each other, which is always a good sign. I think we need to be careful of Woking, if I'm being honest. you know, We we don't want to be, again, riding on this super-duper wave of optimism expecting to win every game because that's not going to happen. Uh, notice that uh, Manny Olaliki is back in the team at Woking. He's was one of my favourite players, great player for Aldershot, uh, really clever player as well, and he's had so many injuries over the last few years. But you know, if he's back in the middle of Woking's midfield making it tick, They've signed another player who's a who's a winger who looks quite useful. So I, I don't want to be all uh, doom and gloom, but we we do need to be a little bit careful. And uh again, trusting Tommy, he's gonna to make sure that we're we're on it 100 percent And I'm just hoping that they don't start their turnaround of form uh, over the Christmas and New Year period. I remember you saying last week, Ian, I think um, you know, we gotta be just mindful of your your woking's and york's in the second part of the season because i'm sure there will be a time where they do start to to kick kick in and get it together but let's just hope it's not until mid-january
0: yeah absolutely yeah we have got a, a tricky kind of period as well we've got a lot of um well we've got obviously East Eastley are a decent side top half side and then chesterfield and then we move on to woking which is despite them always not often being a kind of one-way one-way traffic i mean they always tend to be in the games that we've played, even when they've not been, you know, flying high. Um, and Ian, how do you feel about the uh, going back to league action?
3: Yeah, um, I just hope yeah we're not brought back down to earth. But I, I'm optimistic enough to feel that we should get at least a draw. I know we only played EC last Saturday, but I think we've got August to avenge as well. That that was a bit of a horror show on the Bank Holiday Monday. Um, and I'm confident we'll be able to wear the wrongs of that day. And then, yeah, a trip to Chesterfield right hit. But, um, yeah, getting anything at Chesterfield is welcome. And then, yeah, look forward to the Woking games. I think it's quite right to say that they're going to be a test. Because I think the only sort of real occasion was the Easter Sunday 4-0 that, in the first Terry Brown era. So, yeah, Woking will be tough, uh, but it's a big period. I think, yeah, beating it Eastley isn't a must, but I really hope we don't lose to them because obviously that keeps us closer to mid-table rather than solidifying our playoff position at the moment. Chesterfield, yeah, anything that we get is a bonus. And Woken, hopefully we get four four points. We'd be a, We'd be happy with that,
0: would we? I'd be happy with that yeah well, as long as the I think the home one is is that kind of yeah, the important kind of not bragging rights ex- exactly, but just yeah, to keep up that nice home form that we've got um and yeah, I mean, if we can go to if we can go to Chesterfield with a kind of a bit of freedom again and 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 well try and try and do what we did in the home tie, that would be great. And there we go. That was episode three of When the Flames Go Up, the ATFC podcast. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with the show, please do email us at ATFCpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on X or Twitter and or at ATFCpodcast. It's just easy to post there when, when things are going live. So if you want to keep track of it, then then do so there. Probably be back next week for episode four. where we'll talk about it easily and the festive period coming up where we've got Chesterfield and a Woking double before we can start thinking about West Brom away but we'll still talk about it I'm sure alright, bye